ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, we well, I, I would say Justin is is um such a creative force that yeah. like you 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 gotta keep up with him, you know? Yeah. Like there's a lot like I it just blows my mind how much he like how much art he produces. Like it just yeah. comes out of him every day. And that like I've never met anybody like that. I really haven't. You know, I've been in a band with the guy for 20 some years and I still have not uh I haven't experienced that with anybody else that I've worked with. Did you notice something? Did you notice that right away? I did. Yeah. Meeting him or working with him right away that like. Yeah, I love, I love that question. And yeah, I, I, um, I did. Yeah. I picked that. I mean, like he, not only like, did I get to go see a show, which was awesome because it, you get that intangible, like it factor. Right. And I was like, Whoa, this is a front man. Yeah, like it's sure. yeah. just like any band I've ever been in. This is a guy that's like the whole audience is just hanging on to every word. And that is rare. But beyond that, just the output, of work that he does is mind blowing. So yeah. I picked that up right away though. I was like, wait, wait, how many songs do you have? And at the time in 98, 99, I mean, he had hundreds of songs already. Welcome fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard. Anyway, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the hand slap we got from the Facebook people. They don't like Miss Mothership. Oh yeah, because I'm sorry, but like she was pulling her shirt up, and all you could see was the bottom of her tits. I post that I post that picture every week for our podcast of somebody. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, I because it's not, um, it, it's it's not out of the ordinary. I mean, when we have Elon Elana Carter Price, Elon Elon Elon. 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 Oh. I had uh I had one of Maddie's half of Maddie's caramels before doing so. <laughs> oh. Um like her, the picture mine that's coming up. The picture I used for her, she was wearing mesh. And you could, if you looked close enough, you could see some nipple. And Facebook let that one go. It was covered. The whole boob was covered. Is that the problem? You can't show bottom tit? Thought, what do they call that? Um, under boob. Under boob. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, but there's a hundred freaking uh, people on the red carpet were showing under boob. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's part of dresses now. Yeah. And that's style. Under boob. I know. Thank you. Oh. I mean, just when you think it's... I was kind of happy. the opposite. I keep pulling this, but I'm like, I can't pull this. Oh, God. Shut up. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was a little flattered. Well, we should be. We finally got big enough that they're like, oh my God, these guys are pretty soon. They'll be like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, we got, we got, no, we got dinged again today by YouTube today. That's your goal. Getting ding. Let's get ding. Miss Red is is on Fansly. And I linked that into the show description on YouTube. And I got the message this morning that we got our first warning. And it's just a warning now because it promotes pornography. We can't even put that link on there. They blew the link out. You can put OnlyFans. 
But you can't put Fansley. I'm confused now. Yeah. So am I. The whole the whole shebang, I'm confused about. Yeah. So am I. I know it's 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 crazy. Because Fansley, I know, well, obviously it was her. Um I was gonna say it. Are you gonna be block us from talking about Fansley? Well, that's where yeah, that's where she sticks wrenches in her vagina. Did you go look? I didn't get on Fansley. No, I probably should have yet. Yet. Um, still on only. For research, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Why, I don't know why I'd be excited to watch her stick wrenches in her pussy. I don't even know what wrenches do. <laughs> I thought that's what they were for. After the show, I'll show you a wrench. You don't know what a wrench does. <laughs> my wrench. I'll show you my wrench. That one's shoved up your ass right now. Um. Yeah. So, but anyway, I mean, the good news—it's still, it's still happening. The good news is, yeah. While you're listening to this diatribe, go down there and hit subscribe. Watch us get in more trouble. Don't cost nothing. It costs your life. Costs you nothing means the world costs. It sure does. I had friends. I had friends meet Ryan Sickler. Posted some pictures of them with Ryan Sickler. I was like, I'm so jealous. Son of a bitch. Someday. Yeah, someday Ryan Sickler will be begging to be on here. <laughs> oh, oh. Heck yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I, I was... <laughs> I was fooled by the picture for a second. <laughs> by the picture? Yeah, it's and like impressed. It's like when you it's like when you call somebody and their voicemail answers, and you're like, "Is that really you?" I'm like, why is he standing oh. so still? <laughs> I'm like, you're ready to play something. Okay? Um, you hear me little, okay with this, a little more volume, maybe. Okay, let me see if I can check, check, check. Yeah, that's better. Cool. Ooh, check, cool, cool. check, check. Yeah, if you guys need more, just let me know. Yeah, we figured you uh, you know how to work all this <laughs> stuff. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not an engineer by any means. Way better than we will ever be. Right? Yeah, I know. We seem to have struggles every week with this thing. Like, how do we get? Okay. Well, the... <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you got a cool setting, though. It looks good in there. That's what matters. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we've, we've well, we're, in, we're, we're like 60 or some episodes in now. So it's a work in progress. We are uh, slowly building as we go. That's awesome, man. Very cool. That's that's quite a few episodes. Yeah, we uh, we're pumping them out one a week, and uh, that okay. was our goal. Yeah, and this week we're doing we're doing four interviews this week. So yeah, we're staying wow. busy with it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's fantastic. That's yeah, very cool. So well, you know how it is when you start out. You got to just kind of hit the grind and just got to go, go, go. Yeah, for sure, man. I feel like uh, content is king, right? You know, it's it, like I know, yeah. Yeah. and I. I'm I'm a podcast junkie, actually. Like I'm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and that's what I, you know, it used to. I mean, not that I don't listen to music anymore, you know. But when I'm driving, like I, I have a lot of uh, driving, like backcountry roads to go down to Justin's studio when we're working, and I love listening to podcasts. But there are only so many, you know, Detroit Lions podcasts. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get you introduced before we get too deep into this. Oh, um, no introduction. I got to tell you, um, 62 episodes in, and I am, I'm fanboying out more tonight than I have for any of these episodes. Oh, um, man, that means the world. Thank you. Appreciate <laughs> I, that. Uh, obviously, a huge Blue October fan. Absolutely. Um, I've been in the meet and greet lines several times. I met you several times, and you were always very nice to everybody going through the line. Appreciate um, that. Thank you. We, we even talked politics a little bit, which I don't know if you do, normally do at rock shows, but we did. <laughs> it's that's one of those things that you can do in person, but you got to be yeah. real careful on what you say, you know. Public. <laughs> but anyway, 
We have Matt Noveski, the bass player from, I'm going to say Blue October, even though the list is like, we'll get to the rest of the list as we go. Yeah, right on. Thanks, man. Yep. Blue October so, works. So thank you so much for coming on. I, I can't, I can't even begin to express how excited I was when you said yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's actually, I was just uh, saying earlier, I was, uh, I was uh, setting up and I was like, man, I haven't done one of these in a while. This is exciting. Yeah. I'm excited to just have a conversation. Well, good. 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 With we are too. So <laughs> you got a lot going on. So a lot to talk about. Yeah. Staying busy wow. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. When, well, when don't you stay busy? That's, I guess, more of the. Oh, man. Uh, I'm really trying to be better about that, honestly. I'm really trying to like find some some balance. You know, I think it's uh, planning vacations properly because I'm, I'm one of those wing it people. I'm like, yeah, we'll just go somewhere and find stuff to do that doesn't work so well, you know? So uh, I'm trying to be better about like meticulously planning, but also planning time to do absolutely nothing. Yeah. That's important. important. You've got to, you got to do that. You got to take some breaks for sure. And it is funny when you, when you try and do that and fly by the seat of your pants and, and be spontaneous. I know for this, for this podcast, now we're like booked out into June with guests. So it's yeah. like, if you don't kind of plan something out there, you end up planning yourself work. Oh yeah. So, yeah. You can plan yourself to death, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what do you like to do for downtime? These days? Oof, man. I, you know, I, it's, I joke around with about this, but it's not, it's actually true. Um, which is really kind of sad, but I don't, I don't have a lot of hobbies because music was always sort of everything, you know? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times people, when, when you're like, it becomes your career, when something becomes your career in the arts, I think you'll sort of take on a new hobby or, you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm a full-time musician. So I'm going to paint a lot now because that's what I'll do to decompress. But I don't like to decompress from music or from the whole, you know, like, yeah, it's good to come off the road. Sometimes it's good to be with your family and everything, but it's just one of those things where I never viewed it as a job. It's never been like a slog or a grind to me. It's always been, just what I wanted to do, you know, like dreaming about being on a tour bus when I was 13, you know, 14 years old, like that's all I cared about. You know, I, I, I didn't have, I really didn't have any backup plan whatsoever. I didn't have any other like crazy, uh, well, if plan A doesn't work out, then here's plan B and C and blah, 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 blah. So plan A was just always it. Um, but I, I, besides hanging out with my kids and like doing stuff outside with my kids and playing with my kids and taking them on vacations and stuff like that, um, I, you know, I, I'm like, I love a good story. I love good movies. I'm a film buff. I grew up watching movies. My brother and I quote movies all the time at eighties comedies and, um, and stuff like that. But, you know, I don't really have a hardcore hobby outside of music because it's really all I ever want to do. Yeah. Like play bass and write songs and work with bands. And it's just too fun. I think you hear a lot of it. Yeah. It's gotta be, it's gotta be too much fun. Dude. Yeah. I think you hear a lot of people involved in the arts who, kind of have that answer that their yeah. hobby ends up stemming like it may not be the exact thing you do but it's something closely related to music for you for sure yeah but well <laughs> i actually and i am get i i've always been a visual artist as well i haven't been really um it's not something i really promote a lot or like talk about a lot but um i drew and painted when i was a kid you know all the way up until about the first few years of being in the band and then being in the band really became a full-time thing and it kind of took a back seat, but I've actually gotten back into, I'm getting back into painting again. So oh, awesome. I, I am, yeah. I am, I do have that, I guess. And that's, 
that's nice and that's fun, but it's like it learning to do it all over again, you know, like, whoa, this seemed a lot easier when I did it 20 years ago. Well, it makes it fresh. Yeah. Right. I guess I was going to ask if you know, you're just talking before about music is your hobby or your, you know, your downtime. If you yeah. find yourself going into a different instrument learning or a different genre of music, maybe. You know, I, during I, that downtime? I think different genres of music is extremely important. I think, you know, if you're, if you're a touring musician or you're a recording musician or a producer, especially you can't, I mean, you can stick with one thing and one genre for sure. And that can sort of be like your, your like go-to and sort of your identity, but that's never really been my thing. You know, I, I like so many different styles of music and, you know, uh, and I grew up on so many different styles of music from all my siblings and my parents that I never really just wanted to do one thing. So, um, to me, like, I think it's really important to be well-rounded and to listen to a lot of different things and be familiar so that you're not caught off guard when you're working with an artist or with a band. But also on top of that, um, I think that you should at least experiment a little bit with other instruments as well. I, I'm in a band with a guy named Ryan De La Housie, and he pisses me off because he plays every instrument so well that it makes, like, I watch him and I'm like, yep, I'll never, that'll never happen, you know? Um, but I can dabble enough to write songs and, yeah. and to kind of facilitate that so that's what matters be able to play some chords you know i did see i did see you've been doing some research like you had an uncle who played the bass who toured with it they all i saw was toured with a rock band and i yeah. was curious who it was so i actually have two uncles that both played bass and they're both named jim okay. <laughs> uh from <laughs> different sides of the family okay. um and uh they were both like the coolest but like my two, I mean, I love all my uncles, don't get me wrong, but they were like the quintessential bass players, right? They were yeah. like super cool, super laid back, hilarious, really funny, just like really, really nice, like funny, kind dudes that I grew up being like, I want to be like Uncle Jim, Uncle Jim's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> take Who, your Who's the favorite? <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were both, and they've both passed away now, but they were both just absolutely fantastic musicians. And like, and they really uh, kind of inspired me to not only pick up the instrument, but to sort of like pick up the, that sort of personality as well, I guess, like be laid back, try not to be an a-hole, you know, try to be easy to get along with. Um, and I really admired them for that, for sure. Yeah. Why is it that bass players are always the coolest guys? I mean, it's just yeah. inherent. It just seems like the bass players are always the coolest guy in the band. <laughs> well, I, I, first of all, I love hearing that. And um, <laughs> second of all, it's true. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I think that like being, being a bass player in a band is a very specific thing, right? It's a very specific role. And your role in the band usually is to sort of be the glue is to really okay. it's not it's not to be hey look at me look at how flashy i am you know unless you're like getty lee or les claypool or whatever then there aren't a lot of lead bass players you know now i grew up playing getty and <laughs> bass lines you know that's who i started on like i was i worshiped those guys um and still do but like i learned and fell in love with the bass player role in the band though which is to be to be the glue and to be chill and sort of be kind of the ground, you know, like mm -hmm. be grounded and, and keep every, those around you grounded as well. And, and then you also, like, I, I always, or I've noticed that a lot of producers are also bass players or bass players become really successful producers. And I think that that's because when 
your um when you're a bass player and you're listening to the kick drum and the snare and the hi-hat and the guitar and the vocals, the melody, the piano, everything, and you're tying it all together, your job is to make sure that this guy here who's dragging and this guy who's rushing sort of meet in the middle, you know, and everything sort of becomes this cohesive thing. So your role is already to sort of pay attention to what everybody else is doing, you know? And I mean, in the guitar player, forget about it. That guy, he's up at the front of the stage. He doesn't care what <laughs> else is playing. He's just shredding, you know? So, <laughs> That's, I, that's just, it's kind of, that's just kind of the personality, I guess. That's, that's, that's what I've noticed at least. Yeah. I, I do think, I mean, in blue October, it feels to me like, like you and Jeremy are kind of a little more out in front than a lot of bands, you know, the guitar, I mean, obviously now with Will in the band and him being so fantastic, it's yeah. a little bit more of it, but um, I feel like there is a lot of, of you and, and Jeremy and, you know. Yeah. Jeremy and I have a really, we have a great dynamic, you know, is, is, I mean, as bass player, like your best friend is the drummer for sure. You know, so when you're on stage, like it's really important that you guys have a good connection and that you guys have a good chemistry. And Jeremy and I are like brothers, you know, like we've, we've, we've grown up together at this point, you know, but we became really close, really fast when I first moved down, like he and I became really tight and that's, and that's, that's really cool. And I feel like we have a really cool bond because of that. And we get along so well. Um, that that translates into the show, you know, I think right. it really does. Like we can kind of read each other and feel each other's next move coming, you know, and, and, and we have really similar tastes in music. So that's kind of a nice thing to bond over as well. But, but, you know, with the band, I mean, we we've gone through, I mean, we're on our like a thousand, like what is it, a thousand <laughs> albums now or something. Um, so, we, so it's not like we don't have a formula and when you don't really have a formula for songwriting and for putting your songs together, you're bound to have, a lot of different, um, a different like process every time you make an album. Right. So a lot of the songs that we do are like bass and drums are definitely just kind of holding it down. But then a lot of the songs are more upfront. Like you said, like the drums and bass will carry the song, like a song like razor blade or something like that, yeah. where, like, you know, the bass and drums are sort of the first thing that came into play when we were writing the song and, and it just stuck that way, you know? So, so yeah. So blue October is a pretty collaborative uh, when it comes to songwriting, you guys kind of all work the, the songs together. Yeah, we, well, I, I would say Justin is, is um, such a creative force that yeah. like you, you, you got to keep up with him, you know, yeah. like there's a lot, like I, it just blows my mind how much he, like how much art he produces. Like it just yeah. comes out of him every day. And that, like, I've never met anybody like that. I really haven't, you know, I've been in a band with the guy for 20 some years and, I still have not, uh, I haven't experienced that with anybody else that I've worked with. Did you notice some, did you notice that right away? I did. Yeah. Meeting him or working with him right away that like. I love, I love that question. And yeah, I, I, um, I did. Yeah. I picked that. I mean, like he, not only like, did I get to go see a show, which was awesome because you get that intangible, like it factor. Right. And I was like, Whoa, this is a front man. Yeah, like it's sure. yeah. just like any band I've ever been in. This is a guy that's like the whole audience is just hanging on to every word. And that is rare. But beyond that, just the output of work that he does is mind blowing. So yeah. I picked that up right away though. I was like, wait, wait, how many songs do you have? And at the time in 98, 99, I mean, he had hundreds of songs already, Jesus you know, Christ. hundreds. And it was just like, wow, there's such a wealth of material here. This is so exciting. And, and that's something that you could do forever, for sure, you know, so it was a no brainer to join the band, for sure, you know, um, just for those two things alone. But the fact that we all get along so well, is just icing on the cake, for sure. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on how, how the whole, in 
the band got together or you your incorporation into the band. And then, yeah. I, then I want to go back to your the songwriting that you just talked about. Well, yeah, how, how, my, my path to the band is, is way different. Um, they, you know, ju- well, Justin and Jeremy are brothers. Um, and then uh, Justin and Ryan went to HSPVA together, which is Houston School for the Performing and Visual Arts. Okay. And um, they found each other uh, in high school and began playing music together and being creative together and essentially started the band together. Jeremy stepped into his role. Uh, and then um, a couple of years later is when I met the band, but I actually moved down from Michigan. So I met him through a booking agent friend who had started working with them. And it was like just this crazy, I mean, you think about life, right? And just a decision, like how the domino effect of that, right? And just how crazy that can be. And you go back and you retrace your steps and you're like, whoa, if I hadn't gone to Blockbuster that night, I never would have ran into so-and-so and I never would have got that job or whatever it is. And my path is, is so crazy to me because if I hadn't just followed up with this guy on a whim, uh, cause I was trying to get my own band gigs, you know? Um, but if I hadn't just followed up with this guy when my band fell apart and just said, Hey, like, you know, what's up? You want to hang out? Like yeah. going on, I never would have known about this band. And, and he told me about him and then he gave me a CD and the next thing, you know, I fly down and check him out live. And then that's when it really hit me, you know? And I was like, I'm going to do the most unconventional thing possible and just piss my parents off and <laughs> pack up my car and move to Texas, you know? And, uh, and I, I just literally left everything behind. Wow. How old yeah. were you when you did that? 23. Okay. 23, I think early twenties. And you, you already had your, uh, you could have been a, a- a grade school teacher. Is that what you went to college for? Yeah. I, I went to college for a couple things. Um, and I never finished, uh, <laughs> But I went to uh, three different schools over over a period of time, and um, initially I wanted to I actually wanted to write screenplays. So I was an English major, and I wanted to go to film school. And then I, that changed over time. And um, I love kids; I love working with kids. And so I, I, yeah, elementary ed was my was that was that was kind of my backup plan. So I lied earlier; I did have a little <laughs> bit of a backup plan. It wasn't something that I took super seriously because I knew that music was it had to happen, you know, but. Yeah. Um, but yeah, elementary ed and I, I did my student teaching and it was and you, awesome. so you get, you get flown down and you get to see a live show. And if anybody's ever seen a blue October live show, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the choice is obvious at that point. It, I mean, you it guys was, are great live. So thank good. you so much, man. Thank you. You know, I, uh, I'm so spoiled being in the band, you know, I, I really am like, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I can't even say that enough, you know, but you, you do, when you do it all the time, it, it sort of becomes second nature and you're in, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like you're numb to it or anything. I mean, you still, you still remember when you see bands for the first time, right. And you carry that feeling with you. I remember seeing Rage Against the Machine at Lollapalooza in 93 at 11 in the morning. And and I was like, Oh my God, what is this? This is incredible. And I went and bought the tape the next day. You know, the first time I saw the band, I was that same thing where it was like, Whoa, something special is happening here. And I'm just like captivated by this, but 20 some years into it, I went to Justin's open book acoustic show, uh, Thursday night last week. And I was just like sitting on the other side of it you know, hearing the stories and watching him and, and it's, I know all the stories, already, <laughs> right, right? but hearing him 
talk about it and the way he expresses himself and then the way he performs and the way it goes into the songs. I'm like, holy crap, man. Like I, I'm just on stage being a part of this thing every night. And rarely do I get to step away and just watch it from a spectator's point of view. And I kind of forgot how effing awesome this is, you know, and just how yeah. amazing this guy is, you know? It's yeah. so. Was yeah. that your first time seeing the open book you know, tour? I, I, I've, I've caught a couple of them actually. I went, okay. um, he's, I've seen him at the Paramount twice here in Austin and the last show was incredible, but man, this one, I mean, the last one was really, really special and moving, but this one is like, it could have, I mean, he could have not even played any songs and it would have been fantastic. Just, right. I mean, it was like a comedy show and a concert and a very emotional, uh, it was like a roller coaster, man. It was like everything all wrapped in one, you know, but I've been to, I've been to a number of them and you do, I've laughed and cried both at these things. And like, he, I mean, he is he's a brilliant show. <laughs> yeah yeah right right yeah and yeah i think the greatest thing about him is just how vulnerable he is and how he lets us into his world and uh and obviously so many so many people can relate to his world and and when you hear i, re- I remember going to my first i think my first blue october show was in your hometown in traverse city and oh, wow. uh and uh i can remember my my now ex-wife but was pregnant at the time Mm-hmm. And I was, she was up by the stage and I was standing in the back. And when he sang, when you guys played worry list, I was literally in tears, like yeah. full blown tears at the, and I had, I was, I didn't even really know you guys all that well yet. She got me into you guys. And uh, I was just like, Oh my God, why is this happening? And then you're like, yeah. he's so, I mean, he lets you in. Yeah. yeah. This is like, I think when things like that happen, you, your first, like, or maybe I'm just speaking for me, but like your first, reaction is like should i be embarrassed right now i'm not supposed to do this in front of people right right and then and then you and then once you kind of get over that it's cathartic you know Mm -hmm. oh wait a minute i'm 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 human first (laughs) you know i have emotions I'm i'm a person and i'm allowed to let this out i'm allowed to just feel what i'm feeling right now you know because every single one of us and you're just totally full of it if you if if you tell me that you don't do this every one of us sings at the top of our lungs in our car when our, we're by ourselves, right? We're singing along, making up harmonies to our favorite songs. And sometimes we get angry and sometimes we cry and sometimes we laugh and whatever that is, you can do it when you're by yourself. And then it's a totally different thing when you're with a thousand other people, right? You know, it's a right. completely different environment, but that's one of the things I love about our show is that we really just kind of strip that down, you know? So when you're, when you're there, uh, it becomes something that it's like everybody realizes right away. Like, Hey, it's okay to just let go here. And, and I think you feel comfortable at a show at your shows to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you allow us to do that. So, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. It is. So how, how long has it been since you guys have played a live show as a full band? Uh, we played Disney. We did Disney. Oh, okay. um, hey. Then that was just a one-off thing, you know, but we uh, usually that's like at the beginning or the end of a tour or something, but this year we did it the beginning of their uh, when they start this whole like summer series or spring into summer um and so we flew we flew out for that we played two shows and then we got to you know just have a most of us stayed and had a day off and then came back um but that was we you know before that we did just a few shows in the uk in march and that that's been it since fall of last year so 
Not a yeah. lot this year, but then the second half of this year is crazy, though. I was going to say, you guys got the big tour coming up with the Goo Goo Dolls. We got and- that, and then we, we, we come home for like a couple of weeks, and then we head right back out again for our own headlining and stuff, awesome. you know, so it's going to be last. Like- our last show that was canceled that we were yeah. going to, yeah, yeah. So we gotta I'm, get back there. I don't want I don't want any more cancellations, man. <laughs> the last couple of years, wow. Right. Well, you, well, um, you did a lot during the when you were shut down. We did, yeah. We did as a band, and then we band. all did individually. Yeah, we did a bunch of live streams. We we wrote a bunch. I mean, we're now we're making a double album right now. You know, so and we released an album at the beginning of the pandemic, and then we wrote another album and that turned into two more you know so again you know yeah we i don't i never answered this earlier collaborative yes we are collaborative but justin definitely leads the way you know so so on that note yes during covid like the guy just didn't stop i mean he just wrote 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 and so it kept us super busy and we and then live streaming like learning how to do that and how to perform that way was kind of a whole new experience. It was fun. It was a challenge. Um, but like I, I saw a lot of artists and a lot of bands during COVID that just didn't do anything and just sat around. And I was like, man, you, you guys, you're going to be left in the dust. You gotta gotta stay busy. You know, you gotta do something, get out there. Yeah. And I mean, it was a time, I mean, because people couldn't be out seeing stuff, it was a time, like you said, content is King. It was a time to be putting it out there all over, all over social media, you know, yeah. Keeping and yourself I, and everybody's head. Everyone, everyone I know uh, was learning how to do it. You know, was learning how to get comfortable doing something like this, you know, getting, you know, Zoom or on a computer and connecting with people, you know, in a different way. It's just, you just adapt, you know, that's all it is. But, but that whole, you know, for us, our bread and butter is the live show. It is. And it's, it's connecting with people in person. And so being able to do that again is like, man, we just don't take it for granted at all. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I'm uh, I don't are you, are there dates released for the, the headlining tour? Or is um, that still coming up? That that's just a, I'm just giving you a little bit of inside info right there. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll know soon. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I will I will be finding one to come to. I can like it's been too long. It is. Right on. You have to come back to I mean, I don't see Traverse City on the schedule, I can tell you that. But <laughs> if you get back up, you'll have to come to that for sure. Well, yeah, Traverse City was like an eight hour drive for I mean, we're in Wisconsin. So yeah. you know, when you for Traverse City, you gotta go up through the you know over the bridge. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was a hike. Yeah, that's that's an interesting drive too, man. <laughs> I've done that a few times. <laughs> interesting way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So, so real, real quick to touch back on, you were talking about Justin has all these hundreds of songs. Well, now you've yeah. got a song. How is that? You bring your songs to him, and he incorporates his stuff, or how yeah. is your input in with his stuff? That's that's that, a great question. Yeah. So we, um, so we're all songwriters. Um, yeah. Jeremy's a songwriter as well, which is awesome. Uh, and he he writes on bass a lot, which is really cool. Actually, I love that. He writes some cool bass stuff too. Like he wrote Driver. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And I like didn't change the bass part at all. You know, yeah, was, yeah do your thing. I was like, no, I'm going to do your thing. I love <laughs> what you did. This is cool. We just beefed it up and added some fuzz. And, um, but yeah, all of us are songwriters in our own right. And um, it, I think that the main, the most important thing is that when you have somebody who really has a vision, you know, for like what the whole album should be 
kind of sound like or, or look like or both, you have to, you bring songs to the table and you have to really trust that the timing is right for it, you know, because you never know. You may like, you make me smile is actually a song that I wrote a long time ago. Oh. And, uh, and it wasn't ready then, you know? And then when foiled was being made, it was like, Hey, I feel like, you know, Justin was like, I feel like that song is really going to fit this album. It wound up being the opener on the album. And he was like, yeah. we should bust that back out and finish it. So then he brought his lyrics and his melody and we collaborated and finished the song. And, you know, so there's a lot of like, well, here's ideas, here's a riff, here's a melody, you know, here's a piano part, whatever that is, or it can be a fully fleshed out demo, you know, but we all kind of just throw material in as kind of suggestions every time we're getting ready to make a new record or while we're on the road, we write together a lot. Okay. And a lot of times it happens in soundcheck or whatever. Um, but, but oh, cool. I, like, we all know that he has such a good vision that it's like, we, we don't ever question the choices when it comes to the songs that make that record. Cause we know that there's a purpose for it and there's a reason for it. Um, but as far as like, you know, how much we, how much input we have, I feel like he's really good about like, if you bring a song to the table, like the weatherman's a good example of this. If you bring a song to the table and you finish it together He's very, he wants to make sure that not only is his vision, if, you know, and from a production standpoint, like, is it not like that he's following through on that, but that you're happy with it as well. Yeah. And he's really good about like, Hey, I know how much this song means to you. Cause the weatherman was definitely song that, you know, meant a lot to me personally and still does. He's very much like, are you okay with this? Are you okay with this decision? Do you like what's happening with this? How do you feel about the beat? How do you feel about, you know, all these like things that are happening in this frequency? Um, he's really, really good about that. And he keeps you really involved if it's your song, you know? Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah it's it interesting. Keeps honest for sure. It keeps everybody in a, in a really good place for sure. Yeah. Um, I would imagine at the same time there were over the years. Um, nope. I don't like the way you went with my song. I, I want to go back to my old way. Oh man. Meaning, fight like, <laughs> crazy you know and it's not it's not like you everything is always you know just peachy and and right you know it's it's five brothers in a band together like you fight and you argue about dumb stuff but i think that that's gotten better over the years you know instead of us getting old and bitter we've like gotten wiser and more comfortable and more trusting and so in, in in the past, it may be like, well, I don't like that you put a rap section in this, or I don't like that you went double time with the beat or whatever that is. But now I think there's a lot more like, okay, I may not understand that decision right at this moment, but I have, I, I believe that it's all going to make sense when it's all said and done. It always does, you know, so trust factor of each other. That's tons of trust, man. Yeah. And, like, um, endless. endless. It, it, it's, I mean, the songs that come out from Blue October, obviously, and 20 years have gone from being very kind of dark and, and gloomy to now, you know, happy and poppy. So it's, I mean, it's definitely a complete transition. What I, what I think is funny is you'll see, I've seen fans of Blue October that get upset that Justin's now happy and writing happy songs. Instead of the- <laughs> I've heard that so much, man. I, just like- I really liked it when you were depressed. Yeah. <laughs> I like you so much better when you were angry and pissed. Uh, you know, it's like, I mean, I get it. You know, I, I think we need Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, people look, people at different points in their life, they're going through different things. And so they're going to gravitate 
to different messages. You know, it's just the way it is. And some people may be going through something right now that makes them, you know, a song like hate me. Like it may, may be a situation where they hear that and they really, really connect with it right now, today, in this moment. And so I think for some people it's hard in that sense because they may hear something that's really happy and positive and they're not used to it. Right. And, and I can tell you, it's really hard to write a happy song and it not sound oh. easy. You know, right. it really is. It's, it's hard to do that. Um, being a rock band, especially, it's really difficult, you know? So once you get that down, uh, <laughs> you got to enjoy it for sure. But, but the other thing too is, and it's not even necessarily just about a mood. It's more about change and it's more about accepting that, that there's a wider audience now. Um, I can think of bands, you know, that I was like, I felt this special like relationship or whatever with certain bands because nobody knew who they were, you know? And it's like, Oh man, yeah, this is like, I'm cool because I know about this band and I can introduce them to people. And then, you know, five years later they would blow up or whatever. And I'd be like, this isn't fun anymore. (laughs) You know, there's so many people, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, I I can relate to that whole, like I'm in on the the secret club and now the secret club is a huge club and it's not fun, but you know, that's, that's just life. That's just the way things are going to go. You know, you got to accept. And the nice thing, I, I mean, from going to so many of your shows, even with the, the change in direction of some of the songs, the, the fans remain loyal. You guys have a great, I want to, I want to say cult following, you know? It's crazy. I mean, it's, yeah. it's seeing people, you know, at show after show after show in the morning, you know, like <laughs> waiting outside and a lot of the same people, several, several cities, several shows in a row, flying all over flying to europe whatever that is like it's it is uh it's mind-blowing man it really is and it's like again we really honestly i mean you hear people say all the time like we don't take you guys for granted blah 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 blah. you know like i've been backstage with some of those bands they <laughs> take for granted <laughs> we don't we don't we really don't man we know that like it like we wouldn't we wouldn't be paying for diapers and able to do what we do if, if it weren't for that you know and i've luckily i've met you know i have a handful of friends that i met through blue october shows that i you know stay in contact with to this day so it's it's, it's a great club i love that I, I love seeing the friendships that are made at the shows too you know and like the 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 like there's like a different crew in different areas of the country too, which is really cool because like a lot of people all become friends and, and then we'll go to do meet and greets and it's like the groups grow and grow, you know, okay, now we're going to do a photo with all of us. And sometimes there's like 30, 40 people in a group. It's so badass. I love that. You know? Well, I think it goes back to seriously, a live show by you guys is amazing. I mean, thank you. And what we said before, the intimacy you feel and the freedom that you feel, and um, able to just let go. Um, you yeah. say that all the time, rock shows, you let go, but you guys are different, but I think. Um, you got me into them. Um, and I brought my both my two of my daughters to remember we just did yeah, this. Yeah. I said, you guys don't listen to them, just let's go see them live. And that was the way I wanted to introduce you to them as live. I love that. That's, that's really cool. You know, I, I've actually, you know, a lot of people over the years too, like, that don't necessarily get it when they hear us a CD or on the radio or whatever that is have seen us live. And they're like, dude, you totally changed my mind. Yeah. 
completely brought me around. Like I had no idea. My old roommate, the guy was just a musical snob. He was cool as hell and um, great dude, but he was such a snob about, you know, if it's not punk rock, it's not cool. I don't listen to it. Blah, 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 blah. I finally got a, got him to come to a stub show after like booking him for years. <laughs> and he came to the show and he was like, dude, you guys were badass. <laughs> I, I have been telling you this for over 10 years, man. I'm just <laughs> glad you finally came. Uh, yeah. And, and that, that, that is, I mean, I don't want that to take away from your record. I love, I mean, I'll pop that in and listen to those all day long. And, Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I certainly go through times where it's nothing but Blue October for days. Yeah, <laughs> I go through spurts. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. I do that too. I wear things out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. For sure. So back in the Crevice City, we're growing up, mm-hmm. besides the gyms. Yeah. Bands, bases, who are your biggest influences? Who, who did you say, I want to be like that dude? Well, I mentioned him earlier, but I, Getty Lee is definitely a massive inspiration to me. Um, I think growing up in Northern Michigan, close to Canada, you know, Rush in uh, the 90s, like the late 80s, early 90s uh, was a pretty special era of the band. And like some of the first concerts I ever got to go to with my big brother were Rush concerts and seeing the energy and hearing him play and Chris Squire is another bass player uh, from yes, but like more progressive playing uh, when you take that. And then I would actually go back and listen to like the old Motown records that my dad would listen to, or that I grew up on <laughs> and hearing like James Jamerson, Larry Graham, all these other, you know, badass old school bass players and realizing it's the same instrument. Like that's, that's a cool moment right there. Like, Whoa, the, this like really uh, hyper kind of kinetic thing that Getty Lee's playing it. That's the same instrument that this dude over here is playing. That's super mellow and funky and warm and makes me have this, this cool feeling. I want to do that. That's exciting, you know, but, but the first songs that I learned how to play were definitely the busier songs for sure. Jane's addiction, rush, uh, fishbone, red hot chili peppers, huge flea fan. Um, all those bands, you know, that, that I still feel like is the best era of music for sure. You know, the early, the early mid nineties, man, you can't beat that. Come on. Uh, but you know, Nirvana, like all these rock bands, like that just blew my mind back then really gravitated toward them. But in my town or the town that I grew up in at the time, if you wanted to go see a concert, you drove four hours. Sure. It wasn't. I live in Austin. It's like, oh, there's a concert in town. You want to go tonight? No, no, no. You planned six months ahead to go see Rush or to go see Rage Against the Machine or to go see Funkadelic or whatever it is. Like you, you had to plan ahead. And so going to a concert was a ritual. It was a much different thing. And then you would like drive to Detroit or, you know, or Chicago or wherever that was and go see the show. And then you'd stay at your friend's cousin's house or whatever it was and you come home and it's this whole like weekend experience it's a totally different thing but like um but in my town there there weren't a lot of options as far as uh i didn't have exposure to a lot of um great musicians but the few that i did i feel really fortunate to i'm still really good friends with some of these guys but i grew up with kenny olsen who's one of the most 
fantastic guitar players. Everybody played with Kid Rock back in the day. Kenny's a staple in in Nashville now. He plays, he's doing a thing with Stephen Perkins from Jane's Addiction and um, some other guys. But Kenny's a fantastic guitar player. And he was kind of a mentor to me when I was younger. Um, Jay Cott, another bass player who is one of the best bassists in the world. You know, he's just phenomenal. He, He and I were kind of we were really close and we, but he was also like my base nemesis because when we had battle of the bands, it was like, Oh, it's my <laughs> band, his band. <laughs> we're competing, you know, but Jay is still one of my close friends to this day. And like when he, he was on tour with uh, Brent Cobb and they were out for a couple of years with Chris Stapleton. So we got to go, Jeremy and I actually uh, went and saw that show and hung out with Jay and, you know, but, still really, really tight with these guys and like growing up with these guys and learning from, from people like Jay, you know, and Kenny, uh, I feel really blessed. I feel really fortunate to have like a tight kind of small town mentality, like yeah. bond with those guys for sure. That's cool. That's cool. Wow. So that beat that during, during the pandemic, you, you also stayed busy. You, uh, you and Al who Blue October fans know from tour management, I believe he wasn't a tour manager. It was, yeah, for a long time. He actually was our merch guy first. Oh, uh, he started? <laughs> yeah, he started in merch. Um, just an excuse to come and hang out and party back in the day, you know? Yeah. But that, that, like, uh, that turned into him becoming our tour manager. He was an amazing tour manager. He was, yeah, and he was very popular. So I mean, he was very popular. Oh, yeah. The October fans loved him as much as they loved anybody else in the band. Yeah, still, still do, man. He's still, dude. he's got a, a great personality, just a great dude. He's, he's one of my best friends in the world. And, um, but yeah, we started a uh, Icarus Bell and or did your second band together. Yeah, man, this is yeah. We had a band years ago called A Plus Machines, and um, a little more progressive, a little bit more like you know we're talking Rush and Yes and bands like yeah. that, a little more in that vein. But this thing that we're doing now is a little bit kind of it sort of is a bit more like those '90s rock bands, you know, like Soundgarden and STP and like groove rock. And we just wanted to do something, the two of us, where we could sort of get a bunch of our friends to cameo and make a record. And that um, it's turned into something really cool. And I'm actually coming back tomorrow, funny enough, to come work on some songs. And it's been it's been a couple months, I would say three or four months since we've really, really dove in on these songs. I'm really excited to get back to work and get this album finished because we're actually done with it. It's cool when it's a, a, a bass player and a drummer that are the, the main right. guys in the band because listening to it, it's just so super chunky and super just, I mean, it's great. Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, we love like Royal Blood and Death from Above oh, yeah. 79, bands like that, you know, where it's bass and drums really loud right. <laughs> and everything <Right>. else low. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, I see. I even see you. You have uh, Lucas Rossi, who I know from, from when he won the... Uh, the, the supernova show um, yeah man coming in and guesting on a song huh? oh man he's all, he he came and actually stayed for a whole weekend and we wrote and performed and we it just like a not even a week ago he actually texted me out of the blue and we're gonna work on some new stuff together pretty soon actually he's i love that guy he's yeah, so he's, talented and just total sweetheart wonderful a hell of a voice yeah i mean he was, oh man yeah he's he's the real deal he's a real singer Sure. Yeah, I'm surprised that didn't go farther than than just the one album. I mean, when that show was on, kind of the, yeah. the anti-American Idol, and and uh, yeah. I mean, I really thought they would go and, and last a while. You know, it, it's the, the I think the funny thing about things like that though is like super groups. I think like super groups really only work when they're put together 
to to be a like a behind the scenes like a release you know what i mean like super groups are great when it's like oh yeah we do this thing like i actually was listening to an interview with chris cheney from jane's addiction and he had a super group uh project that he was doing with dave navarro and with taylor hawkins uh and and hearing him talk about it, I was like, I totally get where he's coming from. <laughs> I get it. Like, it's so fun to do something just to do something for fun, just to yeah. be a kid again. And limited, kind of limited. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like it's uh, and there's you know, and do stuff with no boundaries, you no, know, you know what I mean, and like not have to really cater to anybody's expectations or anything. I think yeah, that's. But, but when you do it and there's a TV show involved and there's all these, like, all of a sudden there's like a PR person and there's, you know, we're going to go promote this record and blah, 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 blah. Like I, I, I see why it wouldn't work personally. And I'm, and this is definitely nothing that Lucas, Lucas has nothing but great things to say about all those guys. Him and Tommy are super, yeah, still tight, yeah. really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think it was anything like personality wise. I think it's just like, if you're going to do that and you're going to have that band and it's not going to be the main gig for everybody involved, it's got to be really, there has to be a laid back mentality about it. Yeah. So, so uh, back to Icarus Bell, I, I noticed you guys are on Patreon. Yes. Um, and I noticed is it looked like there hadn't been any updates in a while, but I, I see, I see I can be an executive producer on you. So I got to know more about this. <laughs> <laughs> Executive producer. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really like, you know, you, you so we're going to make physical copies of the album. We're going to do vinyl. And awesome. um, yeah, this is actually kind of cool because we haven't really talked about this yet. So we're going to do vinyl. We're going to do a limited run. You know, so once it's done, it's done. That's it. And so being an executive producer on it is a way to kind of be involved and and put your name on something that's going to be, there's not going to be millions of, and it's not going to be reproduced. And, you know, it's going to be kind of rare, you know, but special. So that's really, that's really what that that's all about. But it's funny that you bring up the Patreon thing and that we haven't posted in a while. We actually just, Alan and I talked today um, we've got an announcement we're going to make here very shortly. Um, I, I'll just spill the beans. We have a song that's been done that we're not going to release as a single since we're getting ready to finish the album and put the whole album out. And we're actually going to give it just to the Patreon members. Oh, nice. And we may even do that with the next three or four songs and not put them out for everybody at all, but okay. just give them to the Patreon members. Because honestly, like the Patreon people have been so supportive and then like in this, like the last couple months, super patient as well. Yeah. You know, like, um, so instead of just like, oh, hey, everybody, what's up? Like, we want to do something cool. You know, we definitely awesome. want to do something that shows our gratitude. All right. Oh my. <laughs> wow. I'm glad you got it figured out. I thought for a second, maybe Zoom just. No, we, we just, I, uh, I just bought a new charger for my laptop, which apparently does not work. And we uh, found that out. I don't know if you like your laptop always tells you your battery is going to die with like one minute left. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Cell phone will tell you 20%, but yeah. laptops one uh, minute. Not the laptop. Yeah. Those, those things aren't uh, cheap either, man. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for sticking oh with us. We, we appreciate it. We, oh dude. No, no, no worries at all. Totally I, cool. I, I don't remember where we were talking about Icarus Bell. <laughs> Let's talk, but wow. For you to stick around. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's totally cool. Te- technical issues. <laughs> They happen all the time. More and more, you know, now. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah. Sure. It uh, should expand. <laughs> well, you're um 
Yes, we're your, I don't know where we're talking we're, about. We're talking about Icarus Bell and finishing up the album here. You guys, yes, some- please. Yeah. yeah, well, I know, yeah, we touched on Patreon and, um, you know, we, we, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a quiet beginning to the year. There's just been a lot of other stuff going on. And then, of course, we're, you know, uh, we've been working on the Blocktober record. And I've, you know, of course, when we're doing bass and drums, I give 100% of my attention and got to do that. And then once that's kind of, I get a break from that and I can sort of put my head back into finishing these songs and everything. But um, yeah, but we, the plan is, you know, full record. Um, I would say before the end of the year, Nice. <laughs> um, taking quite a while to get to where we're at, but we also like, there's no, we're not rushing anything because we don't have to. Right. You know? Yeah. There's no, that's, there's no reason to. So yeah, that's a nice thing about the, the side projects like that. Obviously you've got a full-time job. So this one <laughs> you can, you can, you can take your time on. Yeah. Do it, do it right. Yeah. You know, make sure it's something that you're proud of and you can listen back to the songs and feel good about it instead of, oof, you know, yeah. So yeah. I definitely had, plenty of those <laughs> over the years you well, know I'm, back to old tapes or whatever <laughs> what were we thinking? i'm pretty sure uh we can use it as a tax write-off so i think cocktails with dimples in the beard will be an executive producer absolutely on, on the new album <laughs> nice <laughs> that's awesome i mean i think it counts as marketing somehow yeah, right? I mean, it, it, it does for sure and i think the tax write-off thing is brilliant actually yeah, it's perfect so I love, will... sign, I love the sign by the way thank you thank that's you fantastic. Yeah, we had a, a friend of mine who put together the logo for us and and turned That's out really nicely. Yeah. So I love it. It's the vintage appeal. It's very cool looking. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We're both old, we wanted to. We're both old enough to love the mid-century modern era. So yeah. that's yep. kind of where it all came from. And yeah. Yeah. I love it. That's that's awesome. So how you many have, uh, how many other bands are you currently in? Because I think I I stopped counting at like five. <laughs> Oh man. Um, I think I'm like unofficially in a, in a couple bands that I don't even know about. Um, let me see. Uh, so joy thieves is this like industrial, uh, my friend, Matthew Clark, it's, it's really, uh, him and, um, and our buddy, Dan, they, they are sort of like at the center of this project that has like 30 different members. Right. Yeah. And there's like, a whole bunch of like badass musicians on it like chris Connolly from ministry does stuff on it and wow. andy gerald who played with marilyn manson for a while does some stuff on it a lot of like stabbing westward bands like that a lot of different you know musicians from bands like that so i'm really i love getting the call to do that because every once in a while matt who's like one of my favorite people in the world will just be like dude i got the perfect song for you I got <laughs> you know um and uh and i'm always super like eager and excited to do it because the music's really different and it's really cool and it's something i don't get to do a lot but um that's a fun project just with the like revolving door of like cast members you know it's this really cool thing so that uh that's something i've been doing over a couple years now and then um i also of course i play in harvard of the south as well which is Mm -hmm. you know jeremy justin and steve schultz from Longwave and myself we've been doing that for a while now as well but that's like Jeremy really kind of takes the reins with that project. That's really like his uh, brainchild. And he and Steve, um, you know, like the two of them did that, like started that whole thing together and then reached out to me and then reached out to Justin. And I've like, I love doing it. I love the songs. Yeah, I do too. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because three quarters of it is members of blue October, but it really doesn't sound anything like blue October. Right. 
Um, and it's so much fun to play. Like, I love the bass parts. I love like getting to write those parts. It was really fun. I love the way we made that record. Um, but I always tell them, I'm like, man, Steve, Jeremy, like whenever you guys want to do something, I'm like, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, like if we want to play some shows or whatever, like I'm there, you know? Wow. So, um, how many of these yeah. bands do you play live with other than records? So I've played live with, uh, Harvard of the South and, I've, I've played live with all alpha rev as well, which is a, my friend Casey McPherson's band. Um, just really filling in with them. Um, but he's, he's one of my favorite musicians as well. And, uh, and then of course, Blocktober, but Icarus Bell has yet to play a live show. We will, um, we have not played a live show yet. And then, um, I have been invited to do some live stuff with joy thieves. If I can make it work, I'm going to, but they've done a couple of festival shows. I wasn't able to do just because of the schedule conflicting schedule. Cool. And who, who's somebody you have in the studio right now that you're recording that you're, you know, geeked on, man, I, I actually am developing some artists right now that I'm, I'm super excited about. Um, Local I've artists. Got, yeah. Yeah. I've got uh, an artist in Nashville, uh, a country singer named Whitney Miller that I'm, I'm really I'm pumped about. Um, it's a brand new thing. You know, we're, we're like just getting ready to release music and, and get her out there. Does she play um, on Broadway? Is she, is she out on Broadway? All? Oh yeah. She's, she's doing the songwriter circle thing right now. Okay, okay. So she's, she actually just moved to Nashville. So she's really getting acclimated to the scene there, but she's so awesome. And she's such a great person. She's so easy to get along with it. She's already like, there've been a couple of times I'm like, Oh yeah, you should meet so-and-so. She's like, Oh yeah, I just met him. Yeah. I just met him. We actually just, yeah, we're already right together. Nice. So she, she's very social and she's really, really good. Uh, and then there's an artist, Grace Sorensen, who's this R&B uh, pop singer that is just, this girl is so phenomenal. I mean, I, I really like, I just think that she could just take over the world. I really yeah. do. She's got a bright future. And I've kind of meticulously been like working with her for a couple of years, getting really ready to take over the world. <laughs> uh, and then uh, a couple recent uh, additions are, uh, one is is a hyper pop duo called Hypercolor. Um it's crazy, man. It's they're about 17, I think 16, 17 years old, uh-huh. um, guy and a girl. Uh-huh. So good. So phenomenal. Such a cool, different thing than I've ever done before. It's a very specific sound. Um, but this uh, uh, Cam and Rafi are their names. And she has a great voice, great writer. And he is just this whiz kid producer. I mean, like 17 years old and he's just blown my mind watching him work. Like he's <laughs> just, it's, it's amazing, honestly. And then last, uh, there's a band called Nolo that's from here. And uh, I am really, really, really excited about them. Not that I'm not excited about all of them, but Nolo uh, is a rock band and very much like a lot of the bands I grew up on. Sunny Day Real Estate, like bands like that, like Taking Back Sunday, they have a lot of things in common with bands like that. So I'm. it's really kind of in my wheelhouse creatively what they're doing. But they actually all met in recovery. Oh, and wow. That is like when we first started working together, we did, we're now on our like fifth song together, getting ready to, to make the whole album. But when we did our first song together and they told me their story, I was like, guys, this is kind of crazy. You should really go do a little bit more research on my band. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, like we have a lot in common, you know? So I, I really, uh, I'm really excited about this band. I think that they're special for sure. Cool. I'm definitely, I just wrote them down to keep, uh, keep an eye okay, on them. Cool. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, you got you do all your re- recording at Orb Recording Studios. Is is CB still involved? Oh yeah, man. I actually uh, just saw him today. Okay. Yeah. So he'll, that project. That, this... <laughs> so you got a studio. Talk yeah, about that. You yeah, started a studio. What? What? And why? It's why did you do that? <laughs> that's that's probably the best question of all, right there. Why on earth would you open a recording studio in this day and age? You know, we like. I, it's one of those things where I was making a lot of records and CB had actually had attempted to open a studio once before. Okay. Um, so he'd already put quite a bit into work and research and gear and everything. And uh, I believe like something just fell apart or whatever partner or whatever. And, and then, so when I started talking about like, man, I wish I had my own spot. I don't like leaving Austin. You know, I'm not, it's not really a studio in Austin that I love necessarily like that has everything exactly how I want Yeah. at the time, at least um, there are some great options of course, but, um, <clears throat> but I really, you know, just having somewhere to be creative and to, to not only produce, but to develop artists and to work with artists who don't necessarily have a lot of resources, but have a lot of talent. Um, so he and I put this whole idea together and when we, when we built the studio and uh, we we're getting ready to open it, almost everyone I know was like, that's just nuts. Like, you know, huge recording studios are not the way things are going. You know, people are recording at home now, Yeah, make an album in your bedroom, blah, 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 blah. But man, and that's true to a degree, but I didn't totally buy into that. You know, I was like, I I think that there's always going to be a need for a space. I think there's always going to be a need for a special environment where people want to go and record and be creative. And, uh, in like in we opened in 2014 so in seven years our roster is insane yeah you know like we have such a cool group of musicians and artists that we've worked with already that is like can compete and hang with anybody on the planet you know so it's been really successful um it's been fantastic, man. Like I, I, it was really nice to prove everybody wrong, you know, and then to kind of give everybody the finger and be like, How cool is that? <laughs> well, and if, I mean, you. if you're a band who like a, like a four piece, five piece band who all wants to play their own instruments, like you can't really record that in your bedroom. I mean, if, you know, to be exactly. a true authentic full, you know, old school rock band, you kind of need a recording studio. You, and not only that, man, you, you really have to have some separation from your life your personal life and your your music life you know you you got to be able to kind of hunker down it's like to me it's like i treat making a record like the hockey like hockey playoffs you know it's like it's time to grow a beard it's time to just (laughs) shower for a while you know like i don't want to like i just want to be with my boys and i want to make an album and i think that that like that mentality you know was kind of a lost art for a while but it's coming back you know and i think that people are I mean, these, these, it's always going to be necessary, but I think that people have really caught on to like what we do here and it's special, you know? So yeah. we've been, it's been busy, man. It's been awesome. Studio That's cool. Talk. Exactly what I was thinking in my head is like, okay, I went away for a while. You can do your stuff in the bedroom, but there's something about the getting together yeah. and going somewhere. It's totally different, man. It, it really is. is. Yeah. Now, and I know nothing about recording studios at all, but I did watch, I did go to your website and look at your, like the layout of the studio. Yeah, your different studios. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty sweet. I mean, it literally looks neat. Like I would, I would love to just visit. <laughs> huh? I spent a lot of time here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you are you at the studio now? I, I am actually. Okay. I'm in my office right now. You okay. Know, pretty much uh, live here during the week. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it's like it, it, and it's it's also 
it was built by musicians. You sure. know, a lot of studios are, are, a lot of people don't realize this, but engineers and producers are not necessarily always musicians and not necessarily always songwriters or yeah. people who have toured who people understand that side of it. So a lot of studios are cool and they're fancy and they got great gear, but they're built for audiophiles. They're built for engineers. They're not built for bass players who finish their parts in two days and hang out for two months. You know, <laughs> they're not comfortable and they're not very fun to be in, you know? So like, that was my biggest gripe, honestly. I was like, I'm just not comfortable in a lot of places that I've been to. And so I like, we were like, let's have a place with that's, that's, it's got all the the options, but it's also like a place you want to hang out and have a beer. And like, you want to hang out and play pool or play video games or, you know, it's it's a clubhouse where you make music there. That's exactly what it is. Giant with gear. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I mean, who wouldn't want to hang out there? It's kind of like a, kind of like hanging out at a tattoo shop. Like who doesn't want to hang out there? You know, it's like, exactly, man. It's, it's, it's vibe. It's all about vibe. You know? Yeah, exactly. The biggest compliment that we've gotten too is just from other artists and producers that are like, man, I just love the environment. Like That's I can't cool. wait to come back. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you found now in the past couple of years, like the music scene really ramped? Cause it seems like Austin is such a growing city right now. Is the music scene really ramping up? You know, honestly, um, yeah, it, it, it has, but there's kind of two sides to that. You know, one thing is that like, there are a lot of great artists here and it's, it's, I mean, there's always been an awesome music scene here, right? Okay. There was a music scene here in, in the nineties and the early two thousands that when I moved down here, I was like, Whoa, this is nothing like yeah. Northern Michigan. You know, this is happening. <laughs> um, this is completely different. Um, but at the time it was a lot of blues and, you know, some, some alt rock and whatnot, but a lot of blues very much centered around, you know, old school blues was kind of where it was at. And now there is everything. There's great R and B there's great, you know, metal, there's great uh, rap. There's great. um, There's so many different great artists here and a lot of, a lot of artists that are doing really well internationally and nationally. Um, So there's quite a scene here for sure. The, The drag about the whole thing is, Austin has grown so much in the last five years yeah. that they're kind of pricing out musicians now. And that oh. scares me a little bit because it's getting so expensive here to live in Austin or to be close to Austin that I worry about where that's going to leave like working class musicians in a few years that just can't, they just can't make it work. You know, they can't afford to live here anymore because it's growing so much. But we luckily as a studio, we're not right downtown. We're not right in the city. We're actually a little bit out of town towards Dripping Springs, which to me was wound up being the perfect place to open because we're, you know, we are a little bit off the beaten path and it is a little quieter out here. You yeah, know? yeah. So I think that was a good thing for sure. Cool. We'll see in five years. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they, they learn and they, they don't, yeah, price everybody out because we need places uh, where working musicians can be and yeah, grow and politics, man. <laughs> no. So I, I got to ask you if you, if you were creating the blue October set list, what are you opening with and what are you closing with? I love opening with daylight. I, I just, yeah. I love the energy of that song live. Um, and I really, there's two songs that I love to end with and we've been doing it a lot, but I love ending with moving on, which is one of our newer songs. Yeah. And I love uh, ending with, I hope you're happy. And yeah. part of the love ending with I hope you're happy is because it's like that song where everybody gets like, if it's a seated show, which yep. I normally don't <laughs> like seated. Show, <laughs> no. Um, but if it is a seated, I mean, it just depends. Right. But it, 
if it is, it's the one song that everyone is guaranteed to not be seated. Right. Like everyone is standing up. Every single person in that building is going to be standing up by the end of it. So it's the perfect song to end with. Uh, you know, but there's so many, man, the new stuff. I can't wait for you to hear. The new stuff. There's <laughs> yeah. some, there are definitely some good opener options on this album. Yeah. 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 That's exciting to hear. I, I just like songs that open with it. I'm, I'm not trying to kiss your ass, but I, I love the songs that open with the driving bass parts. It's just such a, you know, true. Hey man, I'll t- just keep, keep kissing ass, please. Keep going. <laughs> no, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have to test the PA, you know, see how much low end it can handle. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Blow right. So I don't, um, I, I, I love the minute you said you're a movie buff. Oh, yeah. sparked my, spark me because i'm a movie buff nice so have you worked on any soundtracks do you have any did you you know will to work on soundtracks did you want to scoring is such a unique thing and it sounded so i'm gonna give you the honest answer here and it's Mm -hmm. not the sexy answer but it's the (laughs) honest answer it always sounded like the perfect thing to me because i was like i love movies i love like you take I was even, it sounds ridiculous, but I was watching uh, the um, documentary about Star Wars, about, you know, the making of the original trilogy. Yeah. And they talked about, you know, when they screened the movie for close friends like Brian De Palma and, and Steven Spielberg and George Lucas was talking about, well, we screened it for everybody before John Williams added the soundtrack and it was terrible. <laughs> for that. Right. And then, and then John Williams did what he did. And it's like, Oh my God, it just brought this whole thing to life. Right. And then of course yeah. it was some editing as well, but, but, um, you know, so to me, I'm like, man, you take like my two favorite things, right. Which is like great film and great story and music and put that together. And that sounds so exciting to me. And then I actually watched the, pr- the process <laughs> and I watched how it's done and mm. it is so daunting and so like meticulous i mean it is okay i'm stopping on this frame and i am pulling it apart for just forever you know and then okay now i'm constructing this mood don't get me wrong it's exciting but i just can't move at that speed man i could (laughs) never do that i could never just okay let's just stop and pick apart this one it's like taking a bass and going okay here's a whole note let's spend all day discussing this whole note yeah Uh, that sounds terrible to me, right? <laughs> right. You know, so I'm just like, no, oh, that's cool. I'll just be a connoisseur. Yeah. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Do you do you find? Um, hey, I hate that movie sucked, but the sound or the 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 sound of the movie made you love it. Oh or yeah. Vice versa. For sure. I mean, a lot of you know, there's some of the Marvel movies. Honestly, like, there are a few that I'm like, oh, I'm a little let down by, but the sound is always amazing. It you is. know, it's always incredible. Yeah. And, and then they're actually. Uh, like a show that comes to mind and I really like the show itself, but the soundtrack and the way they incorporate the soundtrack is so cool is a show called euphoria that's on HBO. And Oh man, like whoever is in charge of handling uh, the music supervisor for that show Mm -hmm. is got to win some kind of award for, for what they're doing because it's incredible the way that they, weave it into the story you okay. know and, and a lot of these songs are popular songs you've heard a million times but they're different versions of those songs and they're like just constructed in such a unique way it's really it's pretty amazing it really is okay that's, that's a show on my list that i haven't started yet and yeah yeah you hear a lot of people talking about it it's heavy it yeah. is it's hard to watch sometimes i'm not gonna lie it is okay but it's, uh, it's very well done and the yeah. soundtrack is it's phenomenal 
Well, and one of one of my favorite shows of all time, I think, uh, kind of takes some credit for. I, I love Scrubs, the sitcom Scrubs. Oh yeah, and they yeah. were one kind of the, one of the first ones to really where the soundtrack played a part. Very, very cool. I love the way Scrubs does it. I, I actually produced uh, an artist named Joshua Radin. Oh and yeah, he's featured on that show a bunch. Yeah, and he mm-hmm. and Zach Braff are like best friends. Yeah, awesome. So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a he's a he's a phenomenal artist too. I love his stuff. He's great, man. I'd love to work with him again for sure. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Cool. And you have your wish list of who you'd like to work with or play with. Or... <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I have quite a wish list, honestly. Um, I, I think it would be well. So, so going back to scoring and soundtracks, yeah. I think it'd actually be really cool to see how Trent Reznor does what he does. I mean, <laughs> he does that a lot now, you know, and I'm a huge fan. I love his work. Um, yeah, he's he's got a big niche in the movie scene with uh, soundtracks oh, yeah. and Danny Elfman, and he's been doing it for years. Killing so it. yeah, he's killing it. He's doing great. Yeah, and he <laughs> amazing soundtracks. You know, yeah. it's unreal. But I'd love I'd love to see his process for sure. Yeah, that would be cool. It's got to be different than you think the normal. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I've seen is is I saw one movie. I actually had a friend who scored a movie, and I got to see how that was done, and that was cool. But I see a lot of like commercial stuff and, you know, I'm like, that's cool. But there are only so many big commercials. So my last question on m- movies, mm. you mentioned going to school for screenwriting. Yeah. Have, do you have any in the in, uh, I mean, in the I, back of your mind, in the back of the vault that just I've got started some, I ideas? Yeah, I actually had uh, my friend uh, Ben Schaub and I actually. Like put together this. I should actually sit down and write it out. I really <laughs> yeah. should. You're you're kind of inspiring me to do that now. But we had this whole comedy planned out, and it was just it was called The Adventures of Bud Joneser, and it was about this guy who just can't win. He just like just like I had this whole opening scene of him on the back of the bus and uh, like getting punched, and the and the blood splattering out of his mouth would actually spell the title of the movie. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, but um, I had a ton of ideas, man. And I, 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 what I really actually wanted to do is I wanted to write uh, sitcoms. I wanted to write um, like comedy. This is okay. This is in the eight. This is like early Seinfeld. You know, this is this is a while ago. Sure. Wait, when sitcoms were in their heyday. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. So what about a uh, writing a movie for Blocktober with the songs? telling the story yeah, well, you know we've actually been we've actually been really lucky as far as like placements go we've had a lot of songs in sure i mean a few songs in movies and kind of and like sometimes it's kind of a surprise like i didn't even know we were in the show on netflix called daylight uh is it daylight daybreak sorry Not okay daylight. Uh, <laughs> they named gosh, it after the that. song <laughs> yeah um and my sister texts me and she's like oh my god i just heard your song i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about right now <laughs> Um, so we've been really lucky in that sense. Like we've had some pretty cool, uh, scenes and some pretty cool opportunities with songs and different movies and whatnot, but man, it, I do feel like we have enough material and, and, and like in kind of every emotion as well, you know, right. so like we probably could, you probably could do, you know, that, uh, what was that movie where they, the, the Beatles, they had all the Beatles songs. Like you could, oh, do yeah, yeah. you could do something like that with us. I think at this point, I think we've got enough under our belt now that oh, you could do. Without a doubt, you could. Yeah, you could construct a story from all your songs for good old, sure. Good old rock opera style. 
I mean, and I love animation too. I think something animated would be really cool to blow October songs. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like all different styles of animation, you know? So yeah. what, what's, what's your favorite movie? Oh, <laughs> I know this it's not a fair question, but I actually grew up loving a clockwork orange. I love, I love Stanley Kubrick over the years. Uh, and I like all Kubrick's movies, but over the years I've, I've, I think I've kind of, drifted away from that a little bit as I've gotten older, you know, like I was really kind of drawn to that when I was younger, but, um, man, I love, like speaking of animated, I love like spirited away is a great movie. Uh, Hall's castle is a great movie. Um, I really like, uh, Daniel day Lewis a lot. Um, there will be blood was a fantastic <laughs> film. Um, I will watch that movie just to watch him. Yeah. He's so convincing. And so like, it's just phenomenal. It really is, you know, but I'm also like, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm 45, I'll be 46 in June and yeah, it's star Wars, you know, like, <laughs> I, I mean, I grew up on this stuff, right. It was like yeah. kids star Wars when I was a kid, you know, it was yeah. like, like the, the huge things. Right. You know? So I remember going to like Rexall's drugstore and getting, you know, like the, the cards, right. The playing cards, the star Wars cards, it had gum inside. And then there yeah, were kiss yeah. the, the record gum, right. It looked like a little record. <laughs> um, you know, that's like what I grew up on. So I'm super nostalgic for movies like that, you know, for old, the old school Star Wars stuff and um, the nerdy stuff. I'm yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. That's me. Yeah, that is you to a T for sure. That is me. For sure. I'm also a sucker for like 80s comedies. Okay. Dead, uh, Raising Arizona. Uh, I love the Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. So nice. I go on and on, man. I was just, uh, I, I fell asleep, but I was just watching Arizona, uh, Raising Arizona the other night. It's such a quotable movie. <laughs> so good. So many good moments in that. And so many great actors, too. You know, um, and that was only because I'm you're gramping up. I got back into Nicolas Cage. I was a huge <laughs> yeah. out of him. Nothing to do with him. Yeah. Then the pig, the movie Pig came out. If you haven't seen it, it's amazing. I haven't seen it, but I heard it was phenomenal. I still phenomenal. haven't seen it, though. Yeah. Yep. And then. It, just last week, me and my daughter went and saw the unbearable um, of oh, massive talent. Yeah, something like that. I heard that was phenomenal. I am. I just went out. That's why I popped in raising Arizona again. And nice. Yeah. Back I, into Nicolas Cage. I love that whole concept, too, about, you know, him playing himself and all that. And I heard that it was so good from somebody who, like, hates almost everything. <laughs> she was like i would go see it again if you want to go see it i was like okay i'm in so but I, yeah. I recommend it i will I recommend it I'm well in. before we let you go i gotta ask what are your thoughts on the lions for the year you know because obviously from i'm, I'm from wisconsin it's <laughs> a big packer fan so <laughs> dude i drink blue kool-aid every year so <laughs> it's i am eternally optimistic i I have a hole in my heart because of Stafford. Uh, yeah. I'm just such a huge fan. Like I, when we drafted him, I cried. Uh, <laughs> I wanted him so bad. I watched when he played for Georgia. I was like, I want that guy. He's yeah. so good. Um, and I like all my kids have grown up wearing Stafford jerseys on Sundays and I've, you know, gone to games and, um, and I, it's not the same without him. Although I do, I do like golf and he seems like a really cool dude. Um, but I can tell you in all honesty, I know when I'm like, Oh, I think they're going to be great. And I know in the back of my mind, I'm like, no, nah, it's going to be another <laughs> shit here. Um, so, but I can say it, I don't think it's going to be immediate. 
I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow or this year, but I do think that one thing I've noticed throughout my whole lifetime is that we've always been somewhere in the middle, right? And we've never done a real true rebuild. And we're finally doing that. Like we had to trade Stafford to make that happen. We had to do what we had to do to actually strip it all down to the bare bones, to, to do it from scratch. And nobody is, is, is really had the balls to do that. They've all been scared to lose their jobs or whatever that is. I love our GM. I love Brad Holmes. I love our coach, Dan Campbell. Yeah. Love what they're doing. I thought the draft was awesome. I love Aiden Hutchinson. That guy's going to be a total stud. Uh, I love that they traded up for, for Jamison Williams. Like I, I thought the draft was great. I actually thought the Packers had a really good draft as well. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings doing man. Like <laughs> what on earth where they, they traded with us, you don't trade in your own division. Right. Like, what are you thinking, but, um, but we'll take but, it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same, you know? So yeah. uh, I'm optimistic. I think in two years, I think, I think next year, not this season, but the next season will be in the playoffs. And I think we'll be a serious contender the year after that. We're just missing a couple things, but man, if we could just, if, if you guys would please just let Aaron Rodgers go play for somebody else, <laughs> please, man. I'm so tired of him just crushing our, just crushing us every year. Never fails. Well, soon he'll be out of the league. So, you know, I mean, he can't play forever. So mm. he, he should be leaving when you're peaking because I think you had a good draft. I really, I, I saw it and I love your coach. I really Are you sure? Do. Cause I think Brady's going to play forever. So. I think Brady is like, I don't see him. I mean, yeah, what's going on? The guy just gets better and better. And Rodgers, too. Rodgers is still phenomenal. They don't ever give yeah. him any help, and he's still phenomenal. All right. Like, I All just right. don't get it. There'll All be right. a challenge this year. We'll see. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So I did I did see an interview with you, and at the time, the question was, and I don't remember how long ago it was, if you could have a drink with anybody, you pick Matt Stafford. I, I would is still pick Matt Stafford. Still today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would, man. I'm just, I'm a huge, I'm a massive fan. You know, what can I say? Like I, I, uh, and I think he seems like a really cool guy too. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. the AT&T commercial. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> He's uh, he just seems like such a chill. Like one of the things that I love about him is I love that he's really good at what he does and he does what he does, but he's not flashy. And he's yep. like, he's not celebrating and making it all about him. Like he's a team player. He's real quiet. He's laid back. He's not on social media. Yeah. It's like, it's just a breath of fresh air, man. I really it is the guy a lot, you know, it well, is. I, I gotta say, I was happy for him that he won. I mean, yeah. I am happy for him. Yeah. I, you know, I could care less about the Rams, but I'm happy that he won. A he deserved it. He, he deserved did. It. I agree. I agree. He no did. more. I don't want him to win anymore, <laughs> but I'm good with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I suppose, I suppose, but I mean, and I, I, I fully, I fully admit that, uh, I, I like Stafford off the field a lot more than I like our guy off the field. So I, yeah. I, I will, I will fully admit to that. We kind of got a, a douchebag off the field and I will, oh, man. I will be fine saying that. He just always has this smug look on his face, you know, yeah. like in the whole like discount, double check belt thing <laughs> when he was beating us at one year, I just wanted to kick his ass. But, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Joey Milligan. who's was a guitar player in Anberlin. And he said that, Aaron Rodgers is the coolest dude ever. Like he's a huge Amberlin fan. So I guess he would hang out with him on tour and go hang out with him. And it was like, he, he, and he, he's not a big Packers fan. So he has no reasons. He's a Buccaneers fan. He didn't care. Yeah. And he was like, Aaron Rodgers is actually like the nicest guy you'll ever meet. He's wow. Totally I can, I can edit that out if you want me to. <laughs> I would love it. If you do that, <laughs> we don't want that getting out, but, but I, you know, I was like kind of shocked to hear that. And I was like, yeah. don't, do that. I don't, don't, I, I want to hate him. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, well like I hate I, him on Sundays. For like sure. I said, I, I root for the team and I'm not really a big fan of his. So I, I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this has been, I mean, growing up when I it, like right. in my age where I have, it went immediately from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. I didn't get a break. Yeah. I didn't get right. a year. Jared Goff in between, you know, it was like, thanks. Yep. Just keep kicking our ass every year. That's great. Awesome. <laughs> we right. always got the Red Wings. Hockey's always good, right? Always got the Red Wings, man. Right. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and music. Yeah. Escaping <laughs> music. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Cool. Oh, hey, man, I'll still be a Lions fan forever, though. Oh, and yeah, I, you have to be. You have to be. I made it this far. Right? All right. Well, I love the loyalty. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely loyal. <laughs> He's definitely loyal. Well, thank you so much for dealing with all our technical difficulties and for, I mean, just for coming out, joining us. Yes. Oh yeah. Anytime guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. We appreciate it. We it appreciate definitely it. our pleasure. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to shoot you a message after this and get an ad. We'd like to send you a shirt. So I'll, I'll get an address and, and get oh, a shirt up yeah. for you. So Heck yeah, just in time, man, we're going on tour. Wear it on stage. Oh, <laughs> I would be, yeah. Is it black? Uh, it's dark gray. Okay, yeah, I can do yeah, that. Yeah. Do you do gray? Yeah, I'll do gray. Cool. I can't cool. be doing like light. I can't be wearing like yellow it's, or white. Yeah, it's well, pink. It's pink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love pink, but I, I can't I pull stage. it off. <laughs> <laughs> Hold right. on. Get him talking. Why is that? Just for a sec. Oh, I don't know what he's doing, but apparently I'm... So, do you, are you uh, a coffee drinker as well? Here. Oh, I'm a huge coffee drinker. All right, yeah, we'll I drink way too much. Oh, I guess it's I guess it's light gray. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm looking at it going. This is kind of light. Oh yeah, no, that's cool. That's way cool. We'll, we'll throw it's, got, it's, it's, a, it's got the badass logo on it. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. So like my it. point was, if this is too light, I will get one made on black for you. Yeah, let's just hey, get man, one. I'll rock the black. Okay, absolutely done. Done. I'll done. But I'd wear that too. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll send you. We'll both. make sure to throw one in a coffee mug and send it your way. We appreciate yeah. it so much. Thank you guys. Really appreciate so, it. Put it, put in a good word for, I, I don't know if Jeremy asked you, but I'm trying to get Jeremy on too. And I said, talk to Matt. We're talking to Matt. So. There you go. Yeah. I'll, I'll actually see him soon. I will cool. for sure. Well, so, awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. Can't we appreciate thank you it. enough. This has awesome. been an amazing night. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Take All right. It easy. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously though, get your asses out of here. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? 
Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production. Electric Cast.